Hello, Chini Amaji family. We would like to hear from you. One of the questions we've been asking ourselves is how we can make this podcast better. So to that end, we've created a five to six question survey. Uh, and you can find that on our website at impactafrica.network backslash Chini Amaji. The questions that we, you know, that what we want to learn is, you know, what you what you enjoy about this podcast, what you don't like about it, how we can improve it, who else we should, uh, what are the topics we should cover, and what are the guests we should have on the podcast. So if you'd be kind enough just to go to impactafrica.network backslash Chiniamaji and complete that survey, that would be great. The link to that questionnaire will also be on the podcast bio wherever you're listening to the podcast from. Enjoy. And this is part two of the podcast with Kane Wanjao, CTO at Trigger Foods. It gets better and better and better. Enjoy. So I think, I think the transition that needs to happen in your view is think through how do we encourage people to think through valid ideas? Mm-hmm. How do they think of it not as a short-term thing where I want to go and do it and get prize money? Because that was also the other challenge we've mm-hmm. had over the last few years. Mm-hmm. We had people who, who are specializing in attending pitch pitch pitch, pitch entrepreneurs. Yeah, pitch, we used to call them pitchpreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> so they'd always think about what's the next event I can go and pitch to and, and make money. And that sustains the company. Wow. So to, to a large extent, the one of the side effects of that approach is that there was a lot of easy money. Mm. People are not thinking through sustainable long-term ideas. Mm. And that's what we need to really switch to. Mm. How do we get entrepreneurs who are thinking about the opportunity? Mm. How do they think through making um, something sustainable and look at it long term. Right. So it's not the first because entrepreneurship and running or starting any business will always have its ups and downs inevitably. Mm. But how do we get people to the point where they're thinking of this long term mm. and they're going to give it a good shot mm. um, up to the point where it's not feasible anyway? Right. So, so I think that's where the conversation has and, to be. And let's talk a little bit about that because that's yeah. a very important thing, right? Yeah. It seems that the ecosystem has been maturing and yeah. it has morphed in terms of its um, enablers yes. and the types of uh, people taking runs at different ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been privy to that this whole time. Yeah. And I guess where we are right now is, and I'm kind of seeing this a little bit more, mm-hmm. is entrepreneurs who are really thinking through the business value of the solution they're bringing to market. At the same time, there are also people who are just putting apps out there mm. into the App Store or into Google Play mm. and hoping something begins to happen. Mm. Um, could you comment a little bit on, in terms of, expand on that a little bit in terms of how you seeing an evolution? Are you, do you think um, we, you know, we still have more of one or less of the other in terms of the, the quality of entrepreneur that, that, that we have in our market today? I think it's definitely, definitely improved. Uh, before you'd have someone building an app for the sake of building one. Um, and it ties back to the issue around someone knowing, if I build this app, I have a chance of pitching uh, and winning ones at a, at a competition. Now, there have been very many um, success stories, granted, but I think the change that's happened between then and now is um, even people willing to support, whether in kind or monetary or through other means, asking okay what's the end goal here what 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 are you solving mm. for the everyday kenyan because mm. um, if, if if you can't if you can't really clearly articulate that if no one sees the value 
If you can't say this is a sector targeting, these are the challenges businesses or people in that sector are facing, mm. and this is how I plan to solve it, mm. um, then people are like, okay, hold up. You need to kind of go think through A, B, C, D, and then maybe we can, we can talk. It's so people are, bit, are being a bit more discerning. Mm -hmm. They're kind of questioning the ideas a bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, people need more validation, more proof points before committing uh, resources or time into, into an initiative, which, which I think is good. So I get to the point where people are now starting to say, okay, you know what, let's, let's not support an idea for the sake of supporting it. Does it have potential Merit. to stand on its own legs yeah. at mm. some point? Mm. Which, which I think is good. Um, I think the other, the other thing tied to that is Previously, you would have people, it's, it's a classic case of a solution looking for a problem. Mm -hmm. So it's a, let me build this app, then market it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. Like, I still get people reaching out and saying, hey, I built this thing, yeah. even, even yesterday, even yeah. the day before yesterday. Mm. Hey, I built this app, mm. and, and, and I, I, I kind of, I'm looking to raise funding to do marketing. It's like, mm. that's kind of, you know. I mean, so, so, that's, so that's the thing. Actually, the best, the best businesses, have come tech second. It's I want to solve the real need first. Right. And so many people in the local and uh, continental ecosystem have alluded to this fact. I was actually with a friend on Monday and I was reading up on this yesterday. Uh, Gojek, which mm -hmm. is one of the most popular mm -hmm. um, or biggest startups in out Indonesia, of Indonesia. Yeah. Um, they, they started, the, the tech never came first. They, they actually were running a call center, and when you requested for something, they would kind of try to figure out, okay, which driver is likely to be in that area, right. and then call in and have them do the delivery. So what they focused on was customer service, and then tech came to really scale the model they had built. So they kind of figured out this is what needs to scale. Right. Um, so from call center to app and... That was same, the transition. Same thing. Even yeah. with uh, even with Trigger, it was how do I efficiently move bananas from farmers to vendor. Once you had that, it's okay. How do I now scale that um, and drive efficiency into the process, right? Yeah, Uber. Everyone in Uber knows the app right now. But if you go back to the history, there's a time they're doing this off SMS. Mm -hmm. So you message, they'd have a dispatcher, just the way taxi companies used to run. Mm -hmm. And then with time, they kind of figured out, okay, this is how I want it to work. Let's scale it, and then of course. Um, everyone knows your story after that. So, I think I think what needs to happen in the local ecosystem is people need to kind of think through what what what's the pain point, yeah. and to the extent you can do it without technology, I think it helps you, you validate yeah. the idea right. and have much better a much better chance of success yeah. if you're looking at first solving the real need and then using technology to scale and make it more efficient. Yeah. Now, by definition, some solutions have to be tech first, right. but to the extent that you can solve, especially B2C startups, mm. to the extent you can solve a customer need mm. and have it um, working without technology, so whether it's Excel or um, Google Sheets or whatever it is. Whatever it is, manage, whether yeah. it's WhatsApp, What's interactions, up? Exactly. So taking orders. If, if you solve the real pain point, then technology will come in to scale the rest. That process, but if yeah. you do it tech first, then you try to solve the customer service issue. Mm. Then I mean you may not that you wouldn't succeed, but I think someone trying to invest or make a decision around supporting you would want to look at the former first rather than the latter. So right. I think that would be my advice and encourage to entrepreneurs, whatever you're looking to solve, solve the real pain point. In many cases, technology is not the real the real pain point. It's not an app. It's a tool it's that scales the business model, right? It's a tool.
it's yeah. it's it's a service. Mm. In many in many cases, it's not the product. Mm. So mm. once you have that working, then the rest falls into place. So that would be my advice and feedback to those looking to get into this space. And let's let's kind of talk a little bit about how you evolved maybe to this position. Did mm. you have this Did you have this thinking from before, or did you somehow? also um, learn that you have to have a real underlying business problem and understand it very well before you even can actually execute before you apply technology. Was this an evolution for you as well? Yeah, so interesting enough, although I've been in tech the longest, I've, I've always kind of had the thought tech tech is just a thing that does the I and process the T. Mm. I need to solve a real, 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 real pain point. Mm. Um, so if it's a farmer, for example, a farmer would ask, can I, can I make more income with you as the person I sell to rather than someone else? Now, of course, a lot of decisions have to go into that, that fact. Yeah? I need to be more efficient. I need to maybe build my logistics network. By the end of the day, the farmer is, the core question to the farmer is, do I have more in my pocket? Do I have more in my pocket? Yeah. I mean, don't, so, show me, don't, <laughs> don't show me your app. Yeah. <laughs> to the extent that the app can help me get more in my pocket, great. But if it's not, then... Um, I don't care. Because, yeah. you know, that industry has always been cash-based, mm. so it's understanding one of the pain points of a farmer. Yeah? So to the extent that you can solve that, and now whether it's logistics, operations, technology to solve that, that's really the fundamental core question. Mm. Mm. Same thing for vendors. How do I make your life easier? Mm. Yeah? If I tell you you don't need to go to the market, for example, if I tell you I'll give you quality produce, solving the pain point. The tech can come and all that's great, but that's a clue to the fact that these are my real issues today right. and this is what I need solved. Mm -hmm. So you need to first think through, okay, what am I going to do? And to then solve that problem. The, yeah. the technology is just a cream on the kick. Right. Uh, right. And that applies to very many industries, right. whether it's health, whether it's education. A parent may ask, how do I, how do I prepare my child better for, for exams, mm. for example? Mm. Yeah. So an app could help. Uh, targeted questions could help. That's all great, but at the end of the day, I think the parent wants to feel the sense that my child is getting much better access to information. Mm. I'm setting them up for life, mm. yeah. Mm. Not I'm setting them up to do an exam. Mm. So mm. seeing through what's the real pain point what's of the parent. Pain? What's the underlying question yeah. behind the ask? What's the underlying question yeah. behind yeah. behind the ask? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I think a lot of industries. Um, are facing that same question, whether it's insurance, mm. uh, whether it's the medical industry, mm. whether it's the transport space. A lot of these people are asking, okay, how do I, how do I get more people into my bus, for mm. example? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So how do I, how do I diagnose issues much much faster? Mm. Um, technology will solve many things, but you need to understand, understand the underlying understand dynamics. the underlying base dynamics mm. and, and think through a solution there. And, and let me and ask you this: in terms of the markets, yeah. Sorry to in terms of our market, mm -hmm. that level of awareness that you're talking about, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The way of thinking, separating tech mm -hmm. from the business problem you're trying to solve and mm -hmm. thinking about that and then applying technology effectively. Mm -hmm. Where are we at? How would you rank our ability in our ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. And broadly speaking, maybe even our business landscape to, mm -hmm. to think in that way, that order of, of, of thinking. Where are we at in a, on a scale of one to 10? Let's say Silicon Valley is at a 10, right? Or maybe a 9.5. Mm -hmm. Where would we rank in that ability to disambiguate these things and think about them effectively? I'd probably say we are between five and six. Um, I say five because we've, People are realizing more and more that it's not it's not just about having a shiny app on the, on the Play Store, for example. 
Um, the, and the good thing is the ecosystem is now starting to understand that even people are going to help me, I want to understand more about what am I doing beyond the tech solution I have. Mm -hmm. uh, and even investors uh, or those who are putting money into companies mm -hmm. are starting to ask, okay, what's the fundamental thing you're, you're, you're solving? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you see, the thing is, when I, or when someone is thinking through um, a decision whether to help someone or even fund a company, a lot of the time they're betting on the team. Mm -hmm. Now, will they bet on you on the basis you can make a good app? Will they bet on you? Will they bet on you on the basis you're solving a fundamental? You can build a business. Uh, build a business mm. and solve a day-to-day -day need. Mm. So I think in many ways people are starting to understand. I need to go with a convincing story, and this story will need me to kind of um, roll my sleeves up, um, go figure out the issue, mm. fix the underlying issue, and then say, okay, I'm. This is what I found. This is what I'm doing. I'd like to expand and I'll need technology to, to expand the business. Yeah. So yeah. to a large extent, that's where the, the market or the sentiment is shifting to, generally speaking. I right. don't think we're there yet. Right. Uh, it may take a year or two or three, mm. but by and large, people are starting to understand, hey, it's not just about the tech, but what else are you trying to solve beyond mm. that? So, so we're, I would say we're halfway there. Halfway um, mm. So I think, I, but I'm optimistic. Mm. I think. Uh, meeting entrepreneurs, mentoring them, speaking to them. Mm. A lot of them are, are thinking through the day-to-day -day problem. Mm. Um, a lot of uh, I've met people who who are who are doing what 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 exactly we're talking about. Mm. They've identified a need. They're managing it without tech. Mm. People are seeing value in it, mm. and then now they're saying, "Okay, I'm ready to now scale build this something and up. build something mm. and build product." So, mm. I think to a large extent. Um, people are kind of shifting their mindset, both investors and entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. uh, which is a good thing. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm optimistic about what will be in the next three, three or so Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah you, there's, there's cause to be very optimistic because you and I have talked about this before. There's a lot yeah. of white space mm -hmm. and opportunity for uh, to solve problems mm -hmm. in, in major markets, right? Exactly. It's just a question of people getting to the point where they're going to attack it, the order of operations in, in the right way. Yeah. And this comes back to this very interesting thing you've mentioned, investors and funding. Mm. And, you know, we always hear about the fact that, you know, local founders are not getting funded and this, this whole conversation that keeps going back and forth in the mm. ecosystem. Um, and maybe kind of talk a little bit about that. Obviously, you guys have received a lot of funding because you've been able to demonstrate that you have the fundamentals in place so that mm. somebody can bet on mm. that. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about or maybe think about an entrepreneur, what advice would you give them? Because we've already touched on this a little bit, mm -hmm. but what, how, how should you help them think about what it takes to get funded? So, I think to get funded, you need, as you've as you alluded to, you need to have your fundamental threat. That's, that's always the first thing. But uh, you also need to think of two things at the same time. What are your medium-term goals and what are your short-term goals? So the, the reason short-term goals is important is whenever you're receiving money from investors uh, or anyone funding your company, um, and, and this even actually applies to non-equity funding. So if you received a grant or some kind of alternative funding, you'll always have to think in terms of proof points and milestones. So what will unlock uh, the next round of funding? So in, in, a, in a sense, you need to think short-term in the sense of these are my three, six, nine-month goals. 
typically you can normally get funding to last you two years. Mm-hmm. So at nine, between nine months and one year, you kind of need to be hitting improve points mm-hmm. to start the next discussion uh, of the next fundraising. Because if you're going to build a long-term sustainable business, you probably need three, four, five rounds of fundraising mm-hmm. to get to a point where um, your your economics or uni- your unit economics makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you always have the long-term goal. You may say, look, I want to be in 10 countries, mm-hmm. which is great and not a bad thing to think through, but mm-hmm. what are the things I need to solve today? The steps. Yeah, what are the steps? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, not all steps um, are, are revenue or, or income-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there are many ways of making money. You can increase your revenue, you can reduce your costs, you can fix margins. There are many ways of looking at this. But I think at the end of the day, it's agreeing with the stakeholders, and especially those who funded you, these are the next steps to unlocking the next round of funding. Mm-hmm. If you don't have those clear, and you know that's, and in many ways, that also has to be broken down into month-to-month goals. Mm-hmm. So this is what I want to do. These are the risks to the business. Um, and you see in, in somewhere like Kenya, um, a good example was um, 2017. Um, we had elections, and then we had another set of elections not not too long after. Mm. Now these are not things you generally can people's mm. control. Mm. So you also have to think what are the external factors that mm. could affect my ability to execute? Mm. What are the possible things that could disrupt my plan? Because mm. you'll always have the perfect plan. This is like the golden rule of entrepreneurship. Mm. You'll always have the perfect plan. But you'll always have the most unforeseen things mm-hmm. affect you as a business. You've got to be yeah. flexible and ready flexible. to bob and weave with the reality, right? And the more complex your business is in terms of solving fundamental issues, the more variability there is right. to your plan and right. your ability to execute. Right. And it can be the most random things, so like flooding or drought, okay, at least in our case, those mm-hmm. are some of the things we have to think through. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many other businesses, it could be regulation um, or it could be taxation. There are all these things that one has to think about. Mm. So make sure you've understood your risk factors, how likely they are to affect your perfect plan, mm-hmm. and how you need to adjust for that. Because you also want to set realistic expectations. For your, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about maybe a more early stage uh, person, right? Mm. They're, they're, you know, the way I think about funding specifically, mm. it's, it, you know, it's self-funding, friends, family, mm. and, and fools, as mm. they call it. Mm. And that money, the way I think about it, is I should allow you to get to product market fit or to, to understand the business fundamentals and have something that is working mm-hmm. before you can actually go to get external money because that has a different has a different relationship with you. Exactly. And so I guess proof points, right? Like talk a little bit about um, what are some of the proof points, like specifically if you can, mm-hmm. that people should be looking to, to have before they talk to an external investor who's not friends, family, fools in that category, external money? Yeah, so, so product market fit is, is an interesting thing. And I think in our context, it essentially means I have something that someone is willing to pay for and can sustain itself. Um, so some sort of model that has recurring revenue. Um, the one, one challenge is if, if you deal with a company that deals in terms of one-off one of revenues from customers, you never know whether it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. But a recurring revenue business, it's always easy for you to kind of validate because if, as long as customers like your product, they'll keep coming back. Mm-hmm. So when I think of product market fit in our local context, is to get to a point where you have a solution or a business uh, that customers or people are willing to pay for, and also equally important, have enough 
funding or runway to last me for six months because mm -hmm. it's not a matter of getting to product market fit and getting the next uh, fundraising. That's not how it works. Mm. You need to be at a point where you have paying customers and you can sell this story to investors mm. and that by the time they do their due diligence and you have the conversations and agree on investment, investment terms, you're not scrambling or, or kind of just hanging by a thread, mm. so to speak. Mm. Mm. So I think, I think that's also the thing that probably needs to change a bit. Mm. People need to think, okay, this is what I'm going to do. If I'm, and if you're lucky enough to raise from, um, from soft money sources, mm. as you call it, mm. that has to be able to sustain you until the next fundraise. Now, when you work backwards, it's saying I need to get to a point where investors are actually going to be interested. Mm. I'll have enough time to have those conversations and close their round mm. and then work backwards and say, okay, these are, these are kind of milestones I, I need to hit. Mm. I think a lot of times what I've seen is people get just enough funding to get their first customer mm. and then they want to rely on that to uh, survive. revenue to survive. So I think that's one thing that, and I think it's also uh, more education on the part of soft money mm. where you need to explain to them it's a long-term game, there's a 70% chance this will fail, mm. this is what I want to do, mm. and I need to be able to sustain myself until the next round of funding, funding comes in. So, so you, should, you should be thinking through, you should have a timeline associated with your, with your theory of what you're trying to do. Exactly. That's, that, that extends past product market fit for six months. Yes, product market fit plus six months. At least, mm -hmm. at minimum. It could right. be more, right. which is great, mm -hmm. but without that, what you'll find is you have product market with your paying customers, it can't sustain you, so you start getting distracted. Mm -hmm. You start looking for other ways to side sustain hustles. yourself, mm -hmm. side hustles. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're committed to the idea, the business has to be able to run for, for six months after you get your first paying customer. Mm -hmm. And then remember, you also need to show traction or growth mm. during that fundraising period. So mm. it's not saying, okay, I have a first customer, great. Mm. It's first customer, maybe five, 10, 20, mm. 50. Mm. How do I get more and more customers? Mm. And how do I make this thing sustainable? And that question, that's a very important thing, how, yeah. the yeah. how part. Yes. If you're getting customers in very different ways, mm. it's not predictable. It's almost not investable because, mm -hmm. you know, you have to have a very predictable way that you are actually saying, this is my theory of growth, mm. so that you have a coherent business model, yeah. right? So the unit economics work, so that all those things uh, work, right? Yeah, I think to a large extent it will have to be, I mean, to be honest, there will be some level of market, there will be some sort of experimentation you have to do because mm. in many ways it's a journey, mm. you're learning as you go along. Mm. You may think a certain type of customer would be the best, mm to mm, get. Mm, mm. So, so for example, there's some type of customers who are easy to get but hard to sustain. Mm. There's some who need a, a bit more effort to get mm. but they're easier to sustain. Mm. So it's about you going through that. Understanding your market dynamics. Yeah. Um, mm. So there needs to be some kind of segmentation for sure. Mm. Don't try to chase every customer. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding which customer gets me to this proof point or which type of user will enable me unlock. You're saying something very important here yeah. because it's not not every customer is a good customer for you at, at a certain stage. At a certain stage. Yeah. That's a very it takes discipline to actually be able to number one, accept that mm. and execute it, right? And say I'm going to say no mm. to this particular opportunity that's presenting itself because it could be potentially problematic. 
And you see, that's, that's one thing investors look for. Do you have the right discipline? Do you have the right focus? Do you have the right thought process around? I'll take this opportunity. I'll leave this opportunity on the table. Uh, because you know, you also don't want to stretch yourself thin. You may, I mean, a corporate may come and really like your idea, but a corporate is a very different type of customer from an SME. Right. A corporate may want audit. They have high expectations. High expectations. They have things like SLAs. Mm. And maybe as a young company, you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, deliver, on you can't deliver on those. So it's also about thinking what's my opportunity here? What should I leave? what should I pursue? Mm -hmm. That's very, very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing here is also trying to understand and saying, okay, if I'm going for this type of customer, what does it take to serve them well? How mm -hmm. do I market myself to them? Mm -hmm. the, way you, the way you explain or show the opportunity to a certain market segment is not it's the different. same way to a different or bigger type of market segment. Right. So, I mean, generally speaking, it's, 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 it's very rare for a company want to target a big customer unless that's the only market you have <laughs> but and then you're a consultant yeah, right? then, then in many <laughs> yes. ways you're, it's, it's, it's pseudo consulting right. uh, but if you want to really have impact because investor needs to see growth mm -hmm. there, are only, there are only so many big companies right there's a larger pool of uh, medium-sized companies and, and there's a much larger pool of small SMEs yeah. and there's a much much larger pool of Informal sector, yeah. informal sector mm. businesses. Mm -hmm. So when someone is having the opportunity to understanding, okay, what what's going on? What's your good market focus? Yeah, it's it's how 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 will you execute against that that opportunity? Right. Why are you really restricting yourself? So right. so those are some of the things um, an investor would look at. Mm -hmm. um, from a, from a discipline perspective, you're very very right. Um, and it's not just the market segment; mm. it's how you think around costs, how mm. you think around recruiting. How you think around uh, sustainability? Mm. How you think around things like um, the things that don't make you money but are very important to set you up for the future. The thing so, that keep keep your business working. Exactly, because <laughs> see, an investor will come and you may have a great idea of making money, but for example, if your books mm. are not in order, mm. you need to spend a lot of time working with auditors, mm. for example. Or something. Then maybe there's an element of discipline here mm. that should have been there before. That's lacking. Yeah. That's lacking. Mm. So it's also to think around how do I position myself, mm. not just uh, from a customer perspective, mm. but also from a potential investor perspective. Yes. So if they come and look at what I have in terms of the total body of work, in terms of what I'm offering, how I've organized myself, how I'm recruiting, how I'm thinking of sustainability. They feel confidence because remember they're investing in the idea they're investing in the person in as much as they're investing in the, the idea mm -hmm. a lot of times it's a team mm -hmm. that makes a difference whether mm -hmm. they, whether they succeed or not so mm -hmm. how i think about what kind of roles you need uh, how i think about what are the strength points of the co-founders what parts do they need to bring in outside uh, help and expertise mm -hmm. so if you have real good clarity on that then it, it just speaks towards a discipline factor. Yeah, right. You're very self-aware, you know what you can do, what you can't do. Mm. So I think these are things that I think we've started thinking through as an ecosystem. Mm. And with time, we will, we will get there. Mm. And then the other thing is, okay, it's also to understand how long do I want to be in this. Maybe your passion is seeing an idea, understanding it, seeding it, getting its initial phases going, mm. and then handing this over to someone. If that's you, great. Mm. You don't have to be there for 20 years. Mm. Before people really cling to the idea mm. and not even want to have anyone help them. As a co-founder. Yeah, as a co-founder, investor. investor. 
we've been through this. Equity, so <laughs> I think more and more people are realizing mm. it's better to have a team in place uh, and maximize the opportunity mm. rather than think. And let me just so it's, so it's the idea of a small pie versus a bakery, right? I mean, you don't you don't you don't the you don't you don't a small cake. Mm. You want a slice of a big cake, right? It's always more sustainable, right? right. Yeah. And that's a mindset thing. That's a cultural background thing, right? It's like, a mindset thing, and to, and in many ways, I I think it's something that comes with time and something that you learn. Mm -hmm. Unless someone tells you this, it's not something you'll be wired. It's to, not intuitive. Yeah, right? it's not intuitive. It's mm. not wired into people. So, mm. I think we're getting to the point where people are understanding. I'd like to be part of a bigger story mm. than the only part of a small story. Mm. So, so taking all these things together, that plus how people are thinking about solving issues, mm. I think in the next three or so years, mm. we will be somewhere much, we'll be more, we'll be much more solid for solid team as an, as, a, as an ecosystem. Listen, man, yeah. can you and I can go for days <laughs> talking about this type of stuff because yeah. this, this is the life we live and what yeah. we love. Yeah. But uh, I think what's, what we're going to have to do is, again, split mm. this conversation into part one and part two like we did with... I was, right. Eric's team of MOOC was here yeah, yeah. Last, last, uh, last time and okay. we got into it and he yeah. talked about his story yeah. and we had to do a part one and part two. Okay. To me, this is so exciting yeah. because there's so much to talk about, there's mm. so much to share. Yeah. We are at a very uh, unique place and, and we're at an inflection point. Yeah. So we really cannot shortchange the conversations, right? Definitely. We have to put the right content out there. You know, us at Impact Africa Network, complete agreement to everything that you're saying. Mm. Um, you know, for us, the vision is, you know, changing the African narrative, mm. building great African companies and mm. an ecosystem of high performance, high integrity and high collaboration. Mm. You know, the, the vision really is in 10 to 15 years, be able mm. to stand back and look at Silicon Savannah, the skyline and pick out great African companies that we were part of actually building mm. and, and supporting. Um, mm. So. So as a startup studio, what we're doing, we're building our own projects internally. Uh, we're focusing on, on providing an environment for young folks who are coming through, technical folks, and also, you know, you talked about auditors and so on and so forth. Mm. On our platform, we have a financial person, we're going to have a legal person, we're going to have digital marketing people. Mm. And the idea there is to streamline the process, drive discipline into the very, very early stages of project formation. Mm. And yeah, it's just an exciting time. I mean... I mean, uh, I I feel I feel that I mean the, the idea and the, the approach definitely is what we need as an ecosystem. Um, it's also the support system around entrepreneurs. Right. So events are great, meetings are great, networking is great. But right. what are some of the things they've never come across that mm -hmm. they need to think through? Mm -hmm. So, in as much as they have a good idea, we also know a sustainable company needs good advice on uh, financials, bookkeeping, legal. Uh, potentially IP, things like structuring the company and all that stuff. So Recruiting, talent, organizational. Exactly. Right. Um, Culture. So milestones, um, what we just talked about, right. um, thinking through what's your ideal market, how right. you want to attack and approach that right. market. Right. So I, I definitely am fully supportive mm -hmm. of the idea. Yeah. Happy to help where I can. Yeah. And yeah, we definitely need a, a part two. We definitely need a part two, man. Thank you so much, Kane, for coming through. No and um, yeah, that is the end of the podcast for today. Uh, tune in next time for, for another episode. But um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this and uh, we'll see you next time.